1: going on everybody welcome to the week 14 edition of the pro football focus show here on Roto Grinders. I am Britt Devine uh, coming to you live from location uh, from Mr. Walt Disney World down here in Florida in my hotel room Uh, but I will not miss this show because I love doing it uh,
2: with my man Ian. Uh, Ian what's up dude? what is going on Britt? yeah fun uh thursday night game i was actually at the bar in the first half with a bunch of pff guys and we we're like all right well this sucks let's, let's go home uh, you know nothing's gonna yeah, happen here good game no no i, I watched the rest <laughs> of it at my house like don't get me wrong but i was like man I, I know it's the Vikings, so maybe i shouldn't have ever assumed that uh you know things were uh, gone but hey a f- uh, fun one and uh you know hopefully we get some injury uh clarification today Britt, because we were talking before the show and uh, last week you know we came here with uh, dozens of players we felt good about not quite as high of a number this week but uh, we still got some good ones
1: yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna petition the nfl to put every running back in a shoulder harness for the rest of the season because <laughs> that seems to multiply oh, your God. performance as at least it does uh for mr Dalvin cook but uh, uh apologies to those who like to watch this live and we do the screen share because i'm uh, away from home i didn't want to risk the bandwidth on the wi-fi uh so if you want to check out ian's article we're still gonna go over it here um but if you want to check it out you do have to go over to profootballfocus.com and read it for free uh just like every week over there uh but ian let's jump in, into it uh what's you know the, last week like you said we nailed a lot of the plays on this show and i know personally my teams did really good across the industry this week it's like We're waiting on a couple of injuries, but like we had 4,000 running backs we wanted to use this week. This week, there's maybe like three and it might be it might be even lower if injuries break a certain way. Um, But what can we glean, at least on the offenses, in terms of uh, explosive play rate? This is in your article here over on Pro Football Focus. Any big runs, any big passes uh, that might be a little bit unexpected this week?
2: yeah and just for those unfamiliar with kind of methodology every time we talk about mismatches like oh we have the number two rushing offense versus number 31 rushing defense that's a great matchup i just combine those stats we have more one-way metrics and we don't need to kind of talk in circles quite as often so with that in mind looking at the explosive plays really seeing the raiders browns saints and 49ers sticking out as offenses that could be set up particularly well in the air and you know the 49ers one in particular it looks like debo samuel is going to again be out i know Brandon. And Ayuk burnt a lot of people last week, but also low key Chidobi Awuzie, who's been a top ten cornerback for PFF all year, has not practiced at all this week with a foot injury. So if you take away Chidobi, they're probably going to be shadowing Ayuk with Eli Apple, one of you know he ranks outside of PFF's top ninety corners. So that really is one of the bigger differences that you'll see around the league going from a number one corner to a number two. I like the bounce back potential for Ayuk this week. Some passing games not set up quite as well, which I don't think any of them were two bigger surprises. Giants. Texans Falcons Panthers and the Chiefs but as we know Britt they're playing the Raiders and if there's one thing that can get this offense right it's apparently the Raiders yeah the
1: Raiders uh, they, they even tried uh, I was uh, read a couple articles this week they even tried the two-eye safety or whatever's giving Mahomes all the problems but he was still able to dice up the Raiders <laughs> when they tried that every other team seems to keep Mahomes in check but well that that'll be a, a fun game because we have a couple of flop lag uh, Foster Moreau maybe him in a tournament I like that after, call too after Good. he disappointed. Uh, everyone last week here uh going down just a little bit farther in your article let's talk about pace uh which games are expected to see the most snaps which uh games might be a little bit lower in play volume which is something you might want to pay attention to um uh at least in terms of fantasy performances
2: yeah you know in my my article i have to get quirky it's like my last one of the week so it's just whatever comes to mind i'll throw it out there so i always call the fastest uh pace matchup of the week uh the sponsored ricky bobby i want to go fast highest projected matchup and that one actually waits until monday night rams at the cardinals so that'll be a fun one i look forward to but on the main slate Bills at Buccaneers. Another great game, man. Like, when you look at that, when you have these good quarterbacks, you go a little faster. All of a sudden, those are the games that look so great on paper. Also, seeing Raiders and Chiefs uh, popping and a a little bit lesser Giants and Chargers uh, as some of the top matchups. The slower ones, we got Lions and Broncos, Ravens and Browns, and also 49ers and Bengals. So, I guess that would be, like, my hesitancy with that uh, Bengals-49ers game, because I get it. There's Jamar Chase, uh, you know, on the other side, who, at some point, you'd like to think is gonna cash in on one of these big plays that that paid me last week, Britt. That was one of my uh, biggest, uh, you know, wide receivers that was really bringing uh, to everyone to watch him go from having a seventy-yard touchdown pass in his hands to literally giving it away to the defender. Um, I was yelling some not so nice words at the TV after that one. So just something to keep in mind in these games. I'm not saying you can't take pieces uh, from any of these slower paced matchups, but if you're trying to get that game stack, looking for like a thirty-five to thirty-eight finish, maybe you know lay off a little bit on these slower pace matchups
1: yeah those shishas are great uh, my question for you <laughs> on the 49ers Bengals: do you think um you know joe mixon didn't really get it going last week and the 40 who's who's going to actually run the ball for the 49ers this week doesn't matter we will find out do running backs actually matter uh do you think i guess with Debo out maybe maybe they still try to run a lot here that's the that's the one game you know, i like burrow and some of those passing pieces in tournaments this week so that's the one or I might try to go against it. And on the flip side, that Buffalo-Tampa-Bay game, two teams who don't want to run the ball at all, you know they're going to want to chuck the ball. Each team wants to pass 45-plus times a game, and everyone's going to be uh, taking part in that for DFS this week. Uh, All right, keep going down a little bit more. We like to talk pressure rate. uh, Good for your quarterbacks. They get a clean pocket. Good for defenses if they're allowed to get pressure on the quarterback. What quarterbacks look like they're going to be clean? and uh, what quarterbacks might be a
2: little bit dirty at the end of the day. All day to throw, looking like Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, and Tom Brady. Crazy stat I found this week. With Brady, I mean, look, we know they have the big play potential, but credit to the Bills. This is number one defense in the league, and EPA allowed per pass play. Now they're really going to be tested for the first time without Tredavious White in that secondary. But even if a defense like the Bills can maybe take away some of those big plays, I mean, Brady can just march them up and down the field. And since he has joined Tampa Bay, including playoffs, 60 red zone passing touchdowns, zero interceptions. The dude is just, you know, the the goat for a reason. And apparently the first guy to ever take down father time. But uh, with some of these other ones, I mean, don't underestimate the Cowboys just kind of taking this Washington defense to the woodshed. It's been a while since we've seen the Cowboys have a healthy Tyron Smith, have healthy CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. And now with both Zeke and Tony Pollard, banged up we already kind of saw last week um that the cowboys when they're and they have these banged up running backs they're more willing to keep throwing the ball throughout the game and As we'll talk about a little more with the GPP wide receivers, man, we did actually see an alignment change last week with CeeDee Lamb playing the heavy majority of his snaps in the slot for the first time all season. You know, it doesn't take many game logs to go through the Washington football team and see that they have really just been killed by slot receivers all year. So very interested in that Cowboys passing attack this week, but some offenses that could be a little bit more overwhelmed by pressure, Ryan Tannehill and the Titans. Hopefully he can stay upright long enough to get Julio Jones going Uh, beyond that. I don't know. And then also it's looking like Mike Glennon for the Giants and Russell Wilson for the Seahawks.
1: You'll hear about that Cowboys game in the bets of the week. That is my favorite one. We'll discuss uh, which side and why in just a little bit. Uh, All right. Let's talk yards before contact. Uh, It's good for running backs. Uh, Dalvin cook, right? Running wild (laughs) all over the place last night. It's easy to get a lot of yards when nobody's able to touch your running back. What, uh, what looks good this week, because running back is definitely a a very weak position. uh, I mean, Wide receiver isn't that great. Tight end's not that great, but wide running back is definitely lacking this week in terms of uh, elite plays at a reasonable salary.
2: Yeah, best player of the week is Clyde Eversolaire and the Kansas City Chiefs. I would feel better about him if we had seen them come out of that bye and really give the backfield back over to CEH. But the problem is Daryl Williams is still awfully involved and he's the one getting a lot of those fantasy friendly receptions. But, you know, for Clyde to really reach his ceiling in this offense, he needs to be in a game where they're going to be playing with a bunch of positive game script against the run D that they can run over and he is checking those boxes in this week. So might not be a bad tournament play. Also seeing the Ravens really pop in against the the Browns. I mean, I know Lamar threw four picks uh, last time they faced, but they also were able to really instill their will on the ground for the majority of that game. Devontae Freeman has taken over this backfield, man. It was looking like when Latavius came back his first week, he wasn't that involved. And then we saw his uh, snaps and touches really climb. Then they came back down last week. So Freeman low key is, you know, especially in season long, he's someone that was becoming easier and easier to rank inside your top 15, 16 running backs. I think he's going a little bit under the radar uh, this week. So if you want to Maybe stack Devontae Freeman with that Ravens D banking on Baker Mayfield, doing Baker Mayfield things. I don't think that's the worst move either. Um, Some rushing attacks that aren't set up quite so well. 49ers uh, really could struggle. Houston, but who gives a shit about them, obviously. With the 49ers, I would be way, like, it looked like earlier in the week that Jeff Wilson could be out in addition. So if it was only hasty, I could get behind it, but we're probably going to see some combination of Wilson hasty, even Kyle juice And that's if Debo isn't healthy enough to return. So more of a stay away from me with the 49ers, given that we don't have one featured running back and the matchup isn't all that great. Now for the Bengals, it's a little bit different where their matchup isn't good, but it's Joe Mixon. even though he's had the illness. We know he's going to get fed more than just about anyone. And with burrow playing through the pinky injury, you know, it would make sense to me if they want to further lean on Mixon in that ground game. All right, let's
1: go to EPA per play to close it out here. Uh, any underdogs that are doing a little bit better on the EPA per play than uh Vegas is telling us, uh, you know, at least in terms of odds of the game.
2: Just one again last week, the only one was the Broncos, and like. Damn it, Teddy, if he could have been even competent, I think they could have covered that nine and a half uh, without too much of a problem. But this week, the only one is the Buffalo Bills at plus three and a half, so... That's kind of thing, man. Like, I think the best – if the best version of Josh Allen shows up, I think they can take down the Buccaneers uh, for sure because you look at what they've been able to do this year on defense and even with Tredavious White being out, they've consistently been one of the best defenses at getting after the quarterback. So, yeah, maybe Tampa Bay, they decided to take, you know, the game plan out of the Colts, you know, out of the Patriots, and they just run Leonard Fournette 35 times up the middle and try to instill their will. But the thing is, You can do that when the Bills aren't really scoring that much in their own right. But all of a sudden, if we get the Superman version of Josh Allen out there putting up 30 points, that's where I'll be interested to see if Tampa Bay is able of keeping up just as well. So three and a half just seems like maybe it's a point or two, uh, a little bit too high. I know betting against Brady can be rough, but one of these where I think the Bills could cover in a losing effort.
1: All right. That's going to check it out. Again, apologies for no screen share while I am on vacation this week. For those of you watching live or on replay, you will have to go over to profootballfocus.com and check out Ian's article. It is available for free like it has been all season uh, if you want to get all the deets on all of the information uh, that he's posting there. Uh, all right, let's jump into some of the bets of the week. And Ian, after we we both started off the season pretty horribly, we have clawed yeah. our way back to respectability, and now me and you are basically neck and neck to close out the season here. So I'm putting like some extra time into these picks. I uh, full disclosure, I have not bet these yet because – uh, I w- I've been on vacation all week. When I get home, uh, I'm going Sunday morning, and I'm hoping these lines are still good. Um, because the absolute, my absolute favorite one of the week uh, is no doubt the Cowboys at minus four and a half. This should be like seven, in my opinion, because they the Redskins or the the Washington football team. Excuse me, Jerry Jones did say he does like the Washington football team today, so we'll, have to, <laughs> we'll see if that accounts for anything. But the uh, Washington's just not good. They're defense is absolutely horrible and you can pass all over them and like you said at the beginning we have healthy Ceedee lamb healthy amari cooper healthy michael gallup healthy dalton schultz healthy dak prescott who needs a a crusty zeke and an injured tony Tony pollard to try to run the ball this week because you can't really run on washington basically all season this is gonna be the dak offense and that's the explosive cowboys offense we like their defense is really good now too I think the Cowboys are going to absolutely trounce Washington this week. And four and a half seems way, way, way too low in my book. Uh, This is my best bet of the week. Full disclosure, my bet last week was the 49ers against Russell Wilson. Unfortunately for me, Russell Wilson is back. And we'll talk about him in just a little bit and maybe uh, some tournament plays. But that accurate Russell Wilson is back. So that one didn't work out. um, But I'm, I'm going on the Cowboys pretty hard this week.
2: I don't have like an analytical uh, reason to disagree with you on anything you said about the Cowboys and on defense, man. Too, I think they're getting uh, Randy Gregory back this week, and if you look at Gregory, Lawrence, and Parsons together, like I actually think my favorite uh, Super Bowl long shot bet right now is the Cowboys. They were plus twelve hundred the last time I saw them because we know the offense is good enough to compete with anyone, and I think what you need to get out of the NFC based on Brady and Rogers now. Kyler Murray might be Kyler Murray and be Superman. There are a lot of good teams here, but you need to have enough guys in the front seven to get that high level of pressure. I think the Cowboys at full health have that. I just wish Mike McCarthy didn't go out there and say like, yeah, we're going to win this one. So that's the only (laughs) uh, thing I'm not really liking about that, but um, good pick there. Yeah, I like the Ravens and Browns under uh, 43. You know, we've seen both these offenses sputter before the Browns bye week. They were the only team in the league with six games of 14 or fewer points uh, since the September ended Lamar Jackson really hasn't been able to get going against the blitz for the better part of the season, particularly during these past three, four uh, weeks of a uh, down play. So I think the Browns defense is actually really good. I think the Ravens defense while they're banged up is at least still good enough and blitz happy enough to give Baker all sorts of problems. So Ravens Browns under 43 going to ride with my uh, mismatch manifesto and take Buffalo plus three and a half the level of confidence. Isn't super high on that. And then finally, I do like Cincy at plus, one and a half. I don't think they deserve to be a, a home dog against a banged up version of the San Francisco 49ers.
1: Yeah, when I looked right before the show, the Bengals are on my list too at plus two. It just seems like it's wrong, like it should be flipped the other way at home, right? Because the Forty Nine, right. who who do they have? They're down Debo. They're down all their running backs. I don't think Mitchell's going to play. We're waiting on injury news. I keep scouring uh, Twitter during the show here. Let's see here um there is a 49ers one but it doesn't say anything about mitchell um so we'll have to see how that goes i just don't and jimmy garoppolo is not good so the Bengals are better they're a better quarterback better wide receiver better running back maybe probably maybe not a better tight end but i think they're significantly better on offense all the way around and there, you're giving them points at home. That seems like a mismatch line uh, to me. So for sure, I like that one. I'm on the opposite side of you on that Bills game. Unfortunately, I like the Bucks. It didn't make my list of three here, but that was, that was basically the fourth one on my list. So I like the Bucks plus three and a half. So we'll duke it out in that one. We'll see who comes out ahead on that. You've um, gotten all these head-to-heads this year. Like, I, I don't feel let, like I'm don't worse bet it. it now. Don't <laughs> don't bet it. And then uh, the other one I have on my list for the show today is the Cardinals at two and a half uh Kyler Kyler Murray is that dude and the Rams have not been playing great they beat up on Jacksonville problem solved I don't think so we're gonna we're gonna have to see if the Rams can hang the Cardinals getting just two and a half at home uh to me with with a healthy Kyler Murray with a healthy yeah that offense is clicking this should be like four and a half or five just Vegas is never going to give them that big of a spread because I think they like the Rams and McVay too much and McVay uh he's not the He's a good coach, but doesn't manage games very well. And Cliff has sort of turned that around um, this year and become a very good coach, in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Cardinals minus two and a half. Um, but undoubtedly, the Cowboys four and a half. I'm with you on the Bengals. I got the Cardinals and we'll duke it out. Maybe we'll put the, maybe I'll put the, the Buccaneers on here so I can have some extra play in our in our head to here. But that is another one that I like. Um, all right. So that's going to wrap up the sports betting uh, part of the show. Uh, If you want to get some of our fantasy takes uh, for DFS this week, hang on just a second because those are coming right after I tell you about Jock Market. Uh, Stop throwing your money away and check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. You can buy and sell shares of players in real time uh, for real money. Uh, You can check them out. Uh, You get promo code grinders gets you a 100% 100 deposit bonus. Uh, up to $50. So you would deposit 50, use promo grinders, you get yourself $100. So you've got your $100 in your account. Uh, Check this out. If you are a first-time player on Jock Market, they give you a risk-free $100 in your first market guarantee. So what that allows you to do Is get a little risky with your $100 because if you lose it, they will refund you. Uh, Try to take, uh, don't take Tom Brady to be the top quarterback of the week. Don't take Austin Eckler, right? Those are low risk, low or low risk, low return because you do have the high risk, uh, high return option available to you since it is risk free. Uh, Try to take, maybe you take a uh, Mike Williams to be the highest scoring wide receiver. Some someone down a, a little bit lower on the chart, and that will really boost up your winnings on Jock Market. Use promo code Grinders get yourself a 100 deposit bonus. Uh, all right, let's run over to the DFS landscape this week, and I, I'll start at quarterback with you, Ian. And you've got it down here too, because I was going to ask you, which cheap quarterback is it going to be? Is it going to be the one who got benched two weeks ago and Cam Newton? Or is it going to be the quarterback with a bum finger that can't throw who chucked four interceptions last week And Taysom Hill? Hill's 5,600. Cam's 54. Break down everything that's going on between these two because I feel like one of these is going to be a pretty bad play. By the, like The chance of failure of one of these guys, I think, is reasonably high. And like, it, it's just very tough for me to decide between these two. They, they look like the two clear plays unless you're really spending up and because we don't have all this value this week i think we will be going cheap with one of these running quarterbacks this is a very tough decision who do you
0: got
2: i mean all the top kind of quarterbacks like unless you can get all the way up to mahomes at ak but even then like we've seen that floor basically every game except against the raiders over the past like 6 7 weeks Josh is against the Buccaneers, Brady against the Bills, Lamar against the Browns, Herbert could be Brady down. and D-
1: Brady and Dak would be the two I think if I was spending, I
2: feel more comfortable with. I hear you, but even Dak's on the road against a division like division team. So it's not like there's not a higher price quarterback like that checks every single box. I get it. Brady and Dak are, are fine. You know, if money ceased to exist, I would certainly play them over uh, Taysom and Cam. But I just think that's amount of salary that we can save at QB, And to your point, in a week where we don't really have a ton of volume, like I don't want those 3k chargers receivers even if keenan and mike are out of the picture so i think this is where we got to do it I lean Taysom because if there is a matchup where you don't literally need to throw the football, it's probably against the Jets, man. The league's single worst defense in fantasy points per game allowed the RBs and that's basically what Taysom is at this point. So the guy's five for five and QB1 finishes as a starter. I know like got a lot of help from that Deontay Harris uh, yak play last week, but again, the matchup for him is good enough. He's been practicing in full all week and getting Alvin Kamara back like is huge, man. Like I don't think it's really going to hurt Taysom's rushing upside because they're down Mark Ingram and Ty Montgomery like Taysom and Kamara should both get the amount of uh, rushes they they need to really meet fancy value and it also just gives him a much needed playmaker in the passing game. Meanwhile, Cam lost that much needed playmaker in the passing game in Christian McCaffrey. The matchup is more than winnable. I mean, when you look at that Panthers game, that just horrific game uh, before their bye. the big issue was that Cam and Walker were pressured on 50% of their combined dropbacks. Atlanta is PFF single low. Lowest graded team and pass rushing grade. So I see the argument for both man. I just lean Taysom because at least with Taysom. He's going to be out there. Like we've heard nothing to suggest from Sean Payton that it could be, you know, be, could be going back to Trevor Simeon anytime soon. But Cam, we have seen him bench. We have seen Matt Rule again bring up the point that P.J. Walker could be in there for a couple snaps. I know last time he said that, that Walker didn't play at all, but I would appreciate if Rule could stop bringing up that as a possibility um, regardless. So I think Taysom is on the better team, the slightly better matchup, and the better coached offense. Give me Taysom. Famous last words.
1: Uh, I do want to know I think I figured out why the Bengals were 2.0 point uh, underdogs. Uh, Debo it looks like Debo's going to be back but no Elijah Mitchell for the 49ers. Uh, oh. That just sort of crossed. So
2: Debo practiced like, today. I uh,
1: he made it back up practice. He was geeked to be back. Was oh. the uh, the, uh, the exact quote on that. So I would expect uh, Debo to end up making it here. So that would probably lower I know we talked about Ayuk, but with no like Debo's the I he's, he's the de facto RB1 probably for them.
2: Yeah, I okay, Ayuk is off the table in cash games then, but I think he's now like a better tournament play because, yeah, we've seen, I mean, if you look at Debo's handful of last games, once they have gotten Ayuk like involved again as their basically wide receiver one, like, look at Debo, man. His last three games, five targets, two targets, four targets. Like, he didn't finish with under eight targets in a game from week one to week nine. His last three games, he had 11 total targets. So yeah, they're getting him in those games. Let's see, 19 rush attempts. So he's getting fed, uh, but it is a little, you know, I don't know if he's going to be averaging eight yards per carry or whatever it's been every week moving forward. So uh, that's interesting. I really wouldn't be too high on Debo here, but I think the uh, potential now to leverage off people that could be to iuka is even more appealing
1: all right quarterback in tournaments so we've got cam and Taysom. i think you can probably play both in tournaments as well either with one target or pro- probably just alone in my opinion if you're going to play Taysom, maybe a pair them with kamara and just try to get all the points but i don't know i think those are almost best best left off just running the quarterbacks by themselves um the guy I'm looking at is probably Russ Wilson. He was back. Um, he was horribly inaccurate for a couple of weeks. He was 31 to 37 last week. That's the, the Russell Wilson we know. Um, he's going to be reasonably low-owned. Uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett look like they're going to be reasonably low-owned. That is a very juicy way against the Texans. Even Pete Carroll knows you can't run with Alex Collins and the 14-time injured Rashad Penny anymore, like you got to let Russ do what he has to do, especially if you want any hopes of him maybe sticking around in Seattle. In my opinion, you got to let him throw the ball in the air. So uh, I like Russ quite a bit. The other guy's Joe Burrow, just because I do think he has the weapons and the ability to maybe score some points, and I still think the 49ers will be able to score some points too. Um, so that is the one game, despite. Both teams wanting to run the ball. Uh, I am willing to take a a couple of shots on Joe Burrow.
2: Yeah, the two tournament QBs I'm leaning towards are pretty much at the top. Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I get it. Like, you know, we wouldn't really try to get up to them as a uh, cash game players. But with Lamar in particular, like he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown since week two. I know the Browns defense is good, but you only need to go back to week 10 when they gave up 45 points to the Patriots to see like they can be had in the right environment. And we know that both these guys, and you no, know, especially Lamar with that rushing four, have weekly overall QB one upside. So I feel like people have kind of been lulled to sleep by both their respective down stretches. But you know, Britt, like I don't expect Lamar and Mahomes to just complete be these like average quarterbacks for the rest of their career that they've been over the past month. We'll see the uh, breakout come at some point and Hey, could happen this week.
1: Uh, If you are watching this live or on replay on YouTube, uh, we do appreciate you. Please click that like uh, button. If you uh, like the information Ian and I give to you each and every week here, if you want alerts to everything that we do here on Roto-Grinders, you can subscribe on our YouTube feed. And if you want to get access to everything delivered right to your phone, you can subscribe to the Roto-Grinders daily fantasy football podcast feed. Uh, And while you're hey, go check out Ian over on Pro Football Focus uh, feed as well. Uh, One of the few things I listen to outside of the stuff here on Roto Grinders every week. Uh, All right, let's go to uh, running backs. And uh, just a position I'm not really thrilled on because the guys I want to use are expensive. And we've been spoiled with all these five to six K workhorse running backs for a while. So the, the one that really fits in that mode this week would be Josh Jacobs. We've got no Kenyon Drake, uh, Jalen Richards out on the COVID list. And uh, we've got Mr. Nine Targets from last week, Josh Jacobs, getting fully involved in the passing game, which has always been his Achilles heel. That's why we've never really trusted him in fantasy because uh, he's never got that pass game work. And now he seems to be involved in it here. You got to expect him to get what, 15 to 20 rushes? Um, in even a reasonably close game, and if the Chiefs blow him out, that's just more PPR work for him on dump-offs, which is great as well. Um, Really hard to not like him this week, Um, and he needs to stay in the NFL for a long time, Ian, based on some of the reports I saw on Twitter this week. So he needs to have himself a a very nice game this week uh, to continue to make uh, quite a bit of money for a long time. Uh, So I like Mr. Josh Jacobs. The other guy, I guess we can try to hash this out is, is it Austin Eckler without, I'm not expecting Keenan Allen to play. I think the way it's trending, I think Mike Williams will probably end up suiting up as long as he continues to test negative for COVID. But we've got Eckler who, Should maybe, I mean, all these little Keenan Allen dump offs and mid-tier routes, they're sort of in the Austin Eckler wheelhouse. He'll he'll probably see a bump in targets. So if you do, um, I know like I do price picks. I love his receiving prop is like at 40 yards or something like that. Go hit the over on that for Eckler. But who do you, who would you rather (laughs) put your hard-earned, well, not hard-earned, your fake (laughs) uh, DraftKings dollars on? 8,300 of them on Austin Eckler this week. Or do you want to put uh, a 7,900
2: on them on Alvin Kamara because you can really only get one of them this week? If I can get up, I think it's to Eckler. Like it's, it's just. I mean, okay, Kamara has the slightly better matchup, but it's not like a home spot against the Giants is anything that's bad. Having Justin Herbert instead of Taysom Hill, you know, would lead you to believe that he will be used more in the past game. To your point about Keenan, that would be the absolute clincher. So Eckler, I think, is the overall RB one the week uh, and you know season long, just pure ranking, uh, not even looking at it from a DFS perspective. So uh, only four hundred dollars more. I am happy to get up to Eckler. If not all possible, I'm cool with josh jacobs too man i think you uh put it perfectly and uh yeah certainly uh definitely needs to get his uh, m- money for some of those um future bills he'll be he'll have uh ringing up and then maybe man antonio gibson as 6k but if jay mckissick is going to be back that could be problematic in a game that the cowboys could jump out on like yeah it's been great seeing gibson's usage over the past few weeks but that has coincided with not only mckissick being out but also extremely positive game script that you know let's face it washington wasn't experiencing this year uh Dwayne McFarland on our podcast had like I I might butcher the stat but it was something incredible where like before Washington's buy they had only led by like four plus points for like three percent of their total minutes like that really was the issue with Gibson and we were seeing that again and again and again where McKissick would end up being the guy in these fantasy friendly you know comeback game scripts so if McKissick's out then Gibson is egregiously underpriced he should be a top five top six projected back if McKissick is in though that would be where I would be probably getting away from Gibson and yeah I
1: want to just bring some news that just popped into this it relates to Mike Boone which isn't someone we're using in fantasy but he's in the COVID-19 protocols there for Denver Um, so keep an eye over the weekend or maybe even later today if there's any close contacts between Melvin Gordon or Devonte Williams, uh, that is something that could really break us, you know, give us some of the value we need. It like, head. Yeah. It looks like Melvin Gordon's probably going to play too. Um, at least in terms of his injury, uh, but do keep your eye on any news for that, uh, as it goes through later today and through the weekend. Uh, all right. Tournaments, I, like you're digging deep in, in tournaments this week, Ian, in my opinion, because like, I like, I don't know. I really couldn't come up with anybody because the guys that aren't popular are guys like Saquon. You've got him down here, right? Who just hasn't been, he's been hurt too much. Now we will get a bajillion dump offs from Mike Lennon this week again go hammer the, the. I said this last week, it turned out good. Whatever, Sa- if Saquon's prop is in four and a half or five receptions, go hammer the over on that in your sports book, because he's going to get five to six receptions in, in this game, almost guaranteed. But he's been pretty horrible, right? And then we're looking at Chuba Hubbard and we're looking at Dante Foreman. And these guys, they're just not the guys you really want to click on in tournaments. But where else that's are you why, really that's good? That's why we should be good, man.
2: are going to go, Right. Yeah, well, allow me to retort before you just say <laughs> we don't want to click on them. So with Saquon this week, you know, if we just, and I think this would be actually a decent practice to kind of build your lineup start the week, but just cover up the names. Cover up the names. You don't even know it's Saquon, but we have a six- running back that is a complete bell cow facing a Chargers defense that we've talked about all year even when they face teams like the Browns like the Ravens that are like run first offenses they really don't change what they're doing like they allow teams to run on them so the matchups good the price is good and the usage remains great like it's you know when we were happy with Devontae Booker during Saquon's absence it wasn't like he was necessarily crushing it either but when you're getting potentially 20 plus carries and to your point five to ten to who knows how many targets Depending on the game script, I mean, that's what we want in a 6K running back, but because it's Saquon Barkley who let's face it man if you watch these games over the past two weeks like you still do see him ripping off uh some chunk plays here and there and you know resembling his former self not saying he is uh 2018-2019 Saquon these days but I just think that everything lines up for Saquon this week except for the fact that it's Saquon Barkley so uh, I'm fine risking that in tournaments with Chuba everyone's so worried about Amir Abdullah which fair I wouldn't there's a reason why I wasn't, you know, hyping up Chuba as a super uh, go get him waiver claim over the past two weeks. But if you go back and look at the last time that we had Chuba as a starter and Amir Abdullah was on the team, then yes, Abdullah stole away some of the targets that didn't stop. um, That didn't stop Chuba from having 24 carries and two targets himself against this very same Falcons defense. So this, you know, you look forward they got the bills in week 15, the Buccaneers in week 16. Like I think there will be Abdullah weeks uh, moving forward where Chuba is more Less the 1B back. But if there was going to be a spot for him to get 20 or more carries, three to five targets, it would be at home against the Falcons defense that we know can be had. And then also just with Deontay Foreman, Jerry McNichols is likely back. He's been practicing in full all week, uh, you know, after dealing with that concussion. So I think Doncho Hilliard's like, it's either going to be split up in the pass down work or Hilliard's going to take a step back. Like everyone's acting like Hilliard is potentially this play. Like McNichols has been Derrick Henry's backup for the last two years. Hilliard got signed to the team like a couple months ago. So I think McNichols will be back to being the pass down back. Then we have Deontay Foreman working as the lead early down back against a Jaguars defense that, you know, we're used to seeing Derrick Henry just rush for two Bills against. Not saying Foreman is Derrick Henry, but again, when we can get these running backs implied for. Flirting with twenty plus touches in matchups where they're not being the matchups aren't scary and the ownership is not them. Sign me up, Britt. All right,
1: let's get to some wide receivers this week, and uh, I, I I'm just going back to the well on Chris Godwin. His price yeah. like he should be. I mean, his price is steadily rising. He's a one, two, three, four, five, six highest priced wide receiver on DraftKings now, but it's still just sixty one hundred. Dude had seventeen targets last week. Was like the most popular receiver. Scores 33rd DraftKings points, and his price goes up $500. I think he's still pretty reasonable. And I guess we got to see, now that Tredevious whites out, can you actually attack Buffalo on the outside? Because Godwin on the inside of the field, that's where you really can dice it up against Buffalo. I still think that should be a main focus. I think Godwin is in line uh, for an absolutely monster game. Probably my favorite of all the high-priced wide receivers uh, out there this week uh, after that it gets a little dicier on what you want to do we've got the you know Keenan Allen news as, as it stands on Friday at 3 30 eastern time I'm guessing that Keenan Allen's probably not going to play we haven't really seen any news about him going to play I'm just assuming he's going to be out so that's going to give us Mike Williams at what $6,000 on on DraftKings Uh, And it's looking like he's probably going to play because he's been, you know, he's deemed the close contact, but he's tested negative all week long. So if you just keep testing negative, of course, you're going to be able to play come Sunday in the NFL. So he looks like he's a pretty juicy play at the 6,000. There's a couple other guys for me. I, I like the ultra consistency, right? We're talking, this is the cash game version of the wide receiver. How do you not want to play Hunter Renfro right now, who just consistently grinds out, you know, eight to 12 targets, something like that, catches everything that's thrown at him, gets you 50 to 100 plus yards, and is now a red zone threat all of a sudden. Who knew little, uh, what was what, he holding in that picture? I forgot what it is, but who They're knew like the Russell little... Sprouts or grapes <laughs> or something? <laughs> yeah, who knew Hunter Runfro was going to be the key to winning all your best ball tournaments and doing great in DFS cash games uh, to close out the season? Uh, but he's looking pretty good. We've got the Chargers cheap wide receivers. Um, between Guyton and Palmer. I'd probably lean Guyton. Maybe you have a stronger take on one of the two here. What do you think of those? Basically that, that those are the guys I'm really looking at. Honestly,
2: I don't want Guyton or Palmer. if One of Williams or Keenan is back in it. Cause I think we could just easily see Herbert concentrate the targets to Williams, like Jared cook and Austin Eckler. You know, we saw KJ Osborne get that long touchdown last night, but I I don't want to say, Oh, he take away a long touchdown and what did he do? But we can't, be as confident with backup receivers coming in and inheriting target shares we can with like a backup running back coming in even sometimes with that man we see random guys uh, come and complicate matters so I don't think that like we need to go full down to the 3k range and cash given all the value that you know you have talked about a lot of it in that five and 6k range. Sounds like Debo's in, so I'm not going to be on Ayuk and Cash. But we also got Russell Gage, similar to Renfro, just eating up targets more weeks than not. Julio Jones practicing full on Friday. He'll be back against the Jaguars. I think he's like, yeah, 5,400. That's just too mm-hmm. low for a number one, particularly someone like Julio Renfro. Four top 12 finishes in five weeks since Henry Ruggs is out of the picture. And if you really want to go a little bit cheaper, I'm pretty confident Cole Beasley at 5K. Tampa already makes opponents because of how stout their front seven is pass at a league-high rate in non-garbage time situations. The Bills love to pass as it is. They have the fourth-highest pass play rate in non-garbage time situations. And if you look at the way Tampa Bay plays defense, they run the second-most highest combined uh, just amount of plays of cover two, cover four, cover six. Zone coverages that have two high safeties sitting back there. Against those covers of this year, like Beasley has even been ahead of digs in terms of targets, receptions, yards. Um, so he really is Josh Allen's zone beater in a game that we're expecting him to throw the ball a lot. So I know the sexy thing is to get guys like, you know, DK Metcalf, Mike Evans, Tyrell Lockett, and they could you know, score 50, 50 yard touchdown any given play. But, you know, on a full PPR site like DraftKings, man, those eight to 10 reception games sure add up fast. And I think that is in Beasley's uh, potential range of outcomes this week um let's see i'm just trying to think in turn i think one of
1: uh guyton or palmar is going to be extremely popular i think we actually had for uh, guyton as the highest owned wide receiver of the week this week fade him so don't even so, touch him i'm not so, gonna have a single lineup of guyton then. all right so if you're not using him what are me? Do you have any swerves on the cheap? Because I, oh, yeah. oh, I, yeah. I was looking at, oh, yeah, I was looking and I, I sort of need like that cheap wide receiver, even in cash, to sort of get all the guys that I want. So I was looking at, and what are some swerves? Maybe I, I don't know. We'll have to see where the ownership comes out. But what about in tournaments? You got
2: anything on, on the cheap end? And by the way, I guess, all right, if the projected ownership for guidance is high enough. I guess we can just sacrifice that spot and cash to build up. So from that perspective, okay. But I just don't trust these backups. I think Pashad Perryman's a swerve in tournaments. He is at the low stone cold three K himself. He played like 86% of the snaps last week. And forgot got to vote of confidence from Bruce Arians saying he's been practicing well and they like his explosive qualities. And with, you know, Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller just playing behind the guy Perryman is Brady's number three receiver, right? now. And, you know, not every single ball can go to uh, Chris Goblin. So I think Perryman, he has that, you know, one hitter quitter big play potential against the Bills defense that without Tredavious White, I don't think that secondary is quite as scary um, as we're used to seeing. So Perryman, if you want to go dirt cheap, I mentioned before, man, CeeDee Lamb with that, uh, you know, newfound slot role. I think he's a great pivot off Chris Goblin, similar uh, price range. And again, expecting the Cowboys to throw the ball a lot more with their running back situation, all sorts of banged up. Up. I'm comfortable Beasley and cash and tournaments alike. And final, final two points. DK Metcalf he hasn't been practicing this week but I think that's from the illness because like they've been managing that foot injury all year long with him that's why he's had these like Thursday DMPs even before he had the illness so you look at Houston man this is like the league's single worst defense in uh, defending the deep ball you know how long can someone as good as DK Metcalf go without a true blow-up game I like him in tournaments and then finally Terry McLaurin man he has four top 10 finishes this year and like seven outside the top 40 so first or last man that's the. Key. Game we're playing in these tournaments as it is and i think he's facing a Cowboys secondary that yeah trayvon digs you know nine picks whatever he's at right now i, I love it go create your turnovers but look back at their matchup last year you know Terry scored a 50-yard touchdown even did the uh, cradle celebration in the end zone after so Terry truly I think one of the best all-around receivers in the game and you know he always has that sky-high potential so if we're able to leverage off of a chalky Antonio Gibson and also at that price point I believe McLaurin yeah he's right next to Chris Goblin as well Uh, I think it's like a double situation in tournaments to get off of some chalky guys that yeah I see why people are on Goblin and Gibson but let's face it you know it doesn't always go the way uh, we expected to
1: yeah targets are earned in the nfl so the one i'm looking at is the jaguars <laughs> the number one wide receiver oh laquan treadwell who has get this 13 targets over his past two games absolutely unbelievable off the scrap heap that is the state of affairs in jacksonville he's my cheap swerve um off of a couple of these uh chargers wide receivers in tournaments uh use at your own risk however because uh, you just never really know what's happening in jaguar in jaguar land one, they lose Dan Arnold, they lose Swagnew, they lose DJ Chark, it's Laquan Treadwell season uh, apparently in Jacksonville. No wonder why Trevor Lawrence might be struggling in just a little bit
2: this year. LaVisca L- 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 Chennault just a few more injuries away from, <laughs> yeah, from really being a true number one receiver. <laughs> uh
1: And then I got Mike Evans is my swerve off of, of, if Godwin's going to, we don't actually have Godwin projected as high ownership. I think that might change as the week progresses. Keep your eye on that. But if Godwin does bounce up to so one of the top three or four wide receivers just go to Mike Evans this is the ultimate sort of leverage play in the same game or Gronkowski who we'll talk about just a little bit and I mentioned at quarterback I love Russ Wilson that means I'm going to love one of Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf in a tournament lineup no need to use both of them very rarely does they both have a big game Uh, it's usually just one or the other so feel free to pick and choose between those two Uh, All right, before I get to tight end, uh, I want to remind you guys uh, that aren't Roto-Grinders premium members, that you should become Roto-Grinders premium members. Uh, If you want access to things like ownership, our uh, ownership expert, Chris Jamino, he just banked 100 k in NBA uh, at some point last week, so congrats to him. He uh, is the czar of the NFL uh, ownership projections. Uh, if you want to get his advice on who's going to be owned, who's not going to be, uh, you can get that on Roto-Grinders Premium, along with a bajillion other things that are included uh, with Roto-Grinders. If you just want NFL, you can just pay for NFL. If you want access to everything, like NBA and all the tools on the site, you can basically buy a uh, everything all in one bundle. Uh, I'll make sure to check that out. If you were ever interested in upgrading your DFS game. Uh, All right, let's get to tight end. Last week we did the Foster Moreau. The thesis Ian was (laughs) Darren Waller out. Foster Moreau plays all the snaps. That's what happened last time. That did not happen this time. Uh, Moreau has gone up to $4,000, probably not really looking at him this week. There are a couple of other players on the cheap side, we can look at, we've got Jared Cook uh, with what we're assuming is going to be Keenan Allen out. He, I think he's going to be the de facto slot wide receiver in this offense. He basically sort of is anyway. Um, and I think he's will, I mean, he's not Keenan Allen, but he will sort of take over some of those Keenan Allen type roles and see an uptick in snaps. And we've got Austin uh, Hooper, who uh, basically by no fault of his own is the only man standing left in the tight end room for one of the most tight end heavy pass offenses in the league. Will it remain that way when they're without David Njoku and Harrison Bryant? That is to be seen, but he should be out there for basically every snap for the Browns this week. Uh, What cheap wide receiver would you rather put your money on? Tight
2: end, I mean. I, yeah, I want Hooper um, over Cook, because you, you're right, Cook has spent 65% of his snaps in the slot or out wide this year, but we can go back to uh, that, you know, weird game the Browns had against the Jets for, like, their entire wide receiver room got COVID last year, and we saw Baker feed Hooper 15 targets. Now, I know it's a different situation, but, like, that has been the problem with Hooper over these past few years. Like, he is one of the highest-paid tight ends in the entire league, but when he's splitting everything with Bryant, with Najoku, who were both talented in their own right, uh, it's been tough for him to produce, but I believe the number in this, uh, you know, Brown's offense like a 30% target share to their tight ends, which is one of the highest marks in the entire league, if not the highest, when it's now all going to Hooper. Uh, you know, that's the game we're going to play. So I think, again, it's tough to. Always assume where target share is going to go when we're talking about guys at different positions. So if uh, you know if the situation was reversed and the Browns' receivers were hurt, and we were looking at like oh, like Cooper should have a bigger role now amongst the other tight ends. That'd be, that be that's what we're trying to do with Jared Cook right now, and I don't think that's a given. We could maybe he'll be used more as a the, de facto number three receiver. Maybe they continue to rotate him with both Donald Parham and Stephen Anderson, who's out there uh, more snaps than he probably should be during any given week. So I think Jared cook also you know he's made a couple okay catches this year but really hasn't been impressive i think athletically he's like 35 years old at this point so i want austin hooper here i think he's going to be on the field each and every snap with a quarterback that loves to feed his tight ends against a raven secondary that remains all sorts of banged up
1: yeah if you are spending up i think the one guy i like the most and this might be a little different than most people is gronkowski who's six thousand dollars in his full games this year he's gotten at least eight targets and all of them but one. And what other tight end has eight targets with multiple touchdown upside basically every single game? They're not going to try to run against the Bills, I don't think. This is going to be the Tom Brady passing at home where he's basically had all of his good games all season long. So I like Gronk at 6,000. It's just hard to spend that on cash. Um, But if you are looking for tournaments, Gronkowski would be one of the first guys I would fire in there, along with sort of like Mark Andrews, the high end in tournaments is just really gonna get you a yeah. different lineup this week because we don't have all the value elsewhere. But would it surprise me? So Kittle, I'm probably off with Debo back, although it is Debo's gonna maybe be like a de facto running back. So Kittle yeah. might have some more pass work, especially after his big game. Kelsey just absolutely obliterates the, the Raiders every time he plays him. He's an absolutely great play, in my opinion. Um, I like Gronk. Andrews is a target hog. Um, I'm not on Kyle Pitts. I'm not really on this four to five, four to four to 5,500 range. I'm basically not on any of those guys. I like spending up or I sort of like these, the the low price guys we talked about
2: uh, here. We also, did just get news that Darren Waller, who hadn't practiced all week, but he is officially ruled mm-hmm. out. And he, I, I think you kind of briefly mentioned it when we were going over the manifesto stuff. But yeah, the Falsetto Moreau bounce back up uh, potential, I think, makes a lot of sense here. He still he has that same every down rule that we were hoping for. It just you know didn't come to fruition last week. So Renfro can't catch uh, every ball in that offense. We know Brian Edwards, A.K.A. T.O. A.K.A. Moss, you know, isn't really getting fed, uh given you know basically all season. So I think uh, going back to Moreau in tournaments. Makes some sense. But yeah, otherwise, little off it's just so tough with Kittleman because he's such a good blocker. I feel like when they have ayuk and debo healthy they're not going to feed him the sort of target share we saw last week so i'm fine just getting up to gronk man because once he has come back you have seen this offense just really force feed not force feed on the ball but he's like right there with goblin and evans as a top three option his yards per route run are back like the 2017 levels he looks good out there and don't look now Britt. he's averaging more fantasy points per game than travis kelsey who costs 1.4 k more so if you wanted to even go with a Hooper and a Gronk or a Hooper and a Mark Andrews, I'm not against uh, kind of doing that double tight end, uh, you know, uh, roster construction because they're really, you know, we talked about Perryman and Guyton and, uh, you know, Trebwell and some of these other 3K receivers. Like I feel better about Hooper than pretty much all those guys that can get you some of the salary relief. And with Gronk and Andrews and, you know, even Kittle or Kelsey, if you wanted to go there, you're getting guys that can be their passing games, de facto, number one option. Those four guys, actually, I just listed Kelsey, Gronk, um, Andrews, and, Oh, my gosh. Uh, Kittle. Yeah. If you just look at wide receivers and tight ends, combine them. Like, they're all top 24 fantasy producers, even when you include the receivers. So, like, they aren't just high-scoring tight ends. They're high-scoring receivers. So, like, if you want to look at players that are that talented as receivers, then I think the double tight end construction uh, can pay off sometimes. Uh, I want to
1: compliment you on your LaVisca Chenault tweet that you sent out during the show. That was, that was a great one.
2: Uh, all right, let's wrap this I, up. I, I just with... tweet what I'm thinking, Brad. It all flows. <laughs>
1: let's wrap this up. I'll have you throw a couple of defenses. I haven't really looked at defenses too much this week. Uh, but what Are what are, are we going cheap? Are we going mid-tier? What's the lay of the land look like?
2: Uh, I think I would really prefer to get up to the Browns at 2,700, and I've been able to do that in my most of my roster constructions early because – as much as I could see Lamar bouncing back, that's why he's one of my tournament picks. Like, he's the type of quarterback, him, Russ, you know, Deshaun Watson over the years. Like, we've talked about these guys. They can have big games, but the way they play, the way they run around in the backfield, it still lends themselves to taking a bunch of sacks. And you can live with that if you're those offenses because, you know, think about it. Like, when they're running around in the backfield and stuff, like, what's a pocket quarterback doing? What's Jimmy Garoppolo doing when he gets that pressure? Like, he's either taking the sack to begin with, or he's, like, now forced to throw the ball to a bad situation because he can't scramble to save his life. So sometimes I think they get unfair flack on that. But regardless, those are the types of, you know, still very good quarterbacks that we can feel comfortable playing defenses against because, you know, those sacks and turnovers potential um, that can even outweigh a potential big game. So we prefer to get up in the Browns and cash. Uh, Also don't sleep on though, just in tournaments, some guys we haven't talked about that I think do correlate with their defenses potentially in winnable matchups, Nick Chubb and that Browns defense going up against the Ravens. Um, You know, maybe Lamar doesn't get get back on track. We continue to see him have all sorts of turnovers. Uh, Chuba Hubbard in that Panthers defense going up against Matt Ryan, the Falcons. We've seen that Falcons floor all year long. Panthers, one of the more blitz-happy, pressure-heavy defenses in the league. And also Devontae Freeman and that Ravens D against the Browns. Maybe they don't get back on track. So, you know, I took that Browns-Ravens under. Uh, I don't hate going with those uh, running backs and defenses on either side, either sideline, I should say. Uh, For those of you that aren't Roto-Grinders premium members, I'll
1: just give you a little uh, look at defense here real quick. It looks like the Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Browns. uh, look With Davis Mills back at quarterback, uh, I am thoroughly on that Seahawks bandwagon at 3,100, even though their defense is horrible. um, I think we can get behind them. And then the Panthers at home against Atlanta, I think you you just mentioned them. I think they're fine. The Browns coming in third. Uh, I I can get behind just about any of those. And none of them are really top-tier bust your salary uh type of plays on drafting so i think all those should be in range uh, all right that's gonna do it ian for the week 14 edition of the pro football focus show i'm gonna go eat some uh, mickey ice cream bars and have <laughs> myself a good night uh down here for the rest of my vacation uh ian uh it's been 85 and sunny here all week probably not nice as <laughs> weather for you uh up there uh in pff land uh but i'm gonna go enjoy the rest of my day i'll see you and everyone else uh, here next week. Uh, For Ian, I'm Brett. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out.